This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. And welcome, friends of John Carter Adventures and Audio Drama. Mutual Audio Network presents The Maidens of Mars, a live role-playing extravaganza. And I'm here. I'm Jack Ward. I am your Jeddak of of, uh, Dungeon Masters at this particular moment, or Game Masters. And I will be running this particular little miniature adventure with uh my amigos we have jeff billard jeff who are you playing hi jack i'm playing uh alira who's uh, a yellow alien in okar and she's a panthen warrior Ooh, we'll find all about that soon and tanya malevich who are you playing tanya i'm pay- i'm playing thoru who is a green martian and i'm an assassin Always good. <laughs> we'll find out more about that. And last but not least, Lothar Tuppen. Who are you playing today, sir? Howdy, everyone. I am Ratul Tunak, the Red Martian Beastmaster. But right. I don't think I have my beast with me right now. <laughs> we will find out soon. Spoilers! So those, spoilers, indeed. So I, uh, I have, I have written this little adventure. So it is original adventure. Hopefully, we'll go. I think we decided maybe four sessions for this whole thing this experiment um it's an opportunity for me to practice my my writing skills in the world of barsoom and edgar rice burroughs famous john carter worlds so i created with a little poem to start off and i will read that and then read the intro and then turn it over to the players to see what they want to do does that sound great folks sounds fantastic All right, let's get started. Rockin'. Awesome. Barsoom, crimson ember in the endless sea of night, a ring encrusted with Thuria and Kluros, winging their way across the burning sky. Barsoom, where dead hold no secrets, and life is a candle flaring in the gale. Barsoom, world to the red peoples, world to the green peoples, world to the Okar, Birthplace to the first ones and the tree that sprang them all. Barsoom, ancient Barsoom, ever dying, ever refusing to die. Barsoom, life giver, death giver, mother to us all. Barsoom, song of antiquities. Dry eyes blink once then twice. Sounds, smells assail your senses and you realize you're lying on the hot ground of Barsoom. Why? You smell the smoke first, hear the wind whipping the fire and the voices of alarm. You move slowly at first, finding your feet, but either you're in shock or you're not so badly injured. Mostly scratches and bruises. You've had worse. Looking around, you see the tattered flag of Jahar, city of the southern dawn, smoldering in a pile of wreckage, and it comes back to you. You were aboard an embassy cruiser out of Janath, headed for Jahar. When a ship without markings attacked yours. Glancing to either side, you see some others who have survived as well, and many, many more dead. But the half-buried hulk of the flyer in the sand is too small. Then you remember that the cruiser was sheared in half. 
You barely had time to leap to safety as the aft section of the ship smoked erratically towards the horizon, loping like a wounded thoat to the end of its journey, a journey that couldn't have lasted long. Clouded black trails smear the eastern sky. A crackle of energy still sounds from the shattered pilot's nest, and the words repeat over and over again from the radio aerogram. Jahar Central calling the Sunwing. Jahar Central calling the Sunwing. Is there anyone out there? I look around. Who else is conscious besides me? Well, you do see a bunch of survivors. It's it's hard within the smoke, but uh, you see what looks to be several red men of some sort, some Martians. You can certainly try to focus and and see if you can identify them any closer, of course, but just through the blinking, you can see that. You see at least one green Martian. You see an ochre, which is very unusual. And you see what looks to be maybe a child, maybe a thern child of some sort, quite young or at least small. So you're not sure. Is the thern by itself? Yes, it's half buried in the wreckage. Being soft-hearted, I go to help uh, the Thern, and I ignore the radio. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you're doing that. The other two of you, what are you doing? So I wake up and look around and notice Ratal going for the child. Mm-hmm. So I approach some of the Red Martians to see if I can identify any of them, at the same time paying close attention to the radio. Okay. Cool. Why don't you roll die 20, and let's do a bit of a perception check to see how much you can do. What we'll have to do is we'll put up, what would be good perception? Reason and cunning. Let's put those two together. What's your reason and your cunning? So reason is, reason is four, cunning Mm -hmm. is five. So So your target number is nine. Yep. So I have a one here. Yep. You rolled a one? Yes. Oh, cool. And you get to roll two die 20s. So... You roll one, which is like uh, two successes, by the way. So then, and the other one? So I rolled again, and I have 18. 18. Okay, so two successes, which is enough. So you identify that one looks to be the Red Martians. Looks like he's wearing sort of, I don't want to say a robe because they don't wear full robes kind of thing, but it's more like a cape of somebody who might be considered to be an advisor, maybe a royal advisor of some sort. And you see others that look like they're guardsmen, specifically. Uh, some of them seem to be wearing the harness that you recognize from Jahar, other cities as well. But uh, most of them seem to come from Jahar in one way or another. That's interesting to me because I'm currently on the hunt for a new client. I'm sort of broke, so looking to make <laughs> some more money. Cool. Very cool. Always good opportunity during a disaster to make some money because mm-hmm. they need something, right? Don't we know, right? <laughs> exactly. So, Jeff, what about your character? I'm down. I, I, I'm going to get up. I'm going to push this unconscious red Martian off me. And then I'm going to pull out my sword because I don't trust any of these people. I'm going to go over to the radio okay. and listen listen to the radio. Cool. The whole portion of the forecastle is half buried in the sand from where it impacted. Mm-hmm. You might have to dig a little bit to get into okay. sort of the cockpit area to be able to even reach into the radio. All right, so I'll, I'll do that. Cool. You can do that roll right now. Okay. That would probably be... Any guesses what you'd want to put those two together for? Might and daring. Sounds good. Let's go with that. 
I have a nine in might and a seven in daring. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you want me to roll? Yeah. So it, do I add those together? So is it a 16? Is that what you do? That's right. It's, oh. Yeah, that's your target number is 16. And you should have at least two dice for that. So I rolled two d20s, and I got a 12 and a 1. Those are three successes, which means you will be very quickly able to reach in after some quick digging in some specific spots next round and be able to pull out the headset to be able to uh, talk to them. Great. So, Ratul, you have reached the area where what you thought was a Thern child and a piece of rather hefty looking wreckage comes flying off where the child was wow. and into the air. Oh, wow. And you look down and what you thought might have been a child is actually what looks to be a, a man, but certainly the size of a child hmm. with the same skin as a thern, but a full beard. Well, it comes down to his neck kind of thing. And he holds out his hand and he says, well, don't just stand there looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was coming over, sir. Let me help you up. Excellent. (laughs) So he, uh, (laughs) you pull him up and he is quite light, but he is really agile. And like you, you pick him up and he almost does like this strange sort of acrobatic, almost like a flip and lands on his feet and puts his hands on his hips and says, that was quite a ride, wasn't it? Indeed. Do you have any idea what happened? I was reading when, uh, then next thing I know, we were here. Well, some strange uh, airship, rather large one, I would say, looks like they had our number. Do you have any idea who they might be? And I didn't see any of their colors. Nope, I didn't. Maybe someone else did. Well, what's your name, stranger? I'm Ratul Tunak, Beastmaster, looking for work. He throws out his hand and then he thinks, oh, right, and puts it back. He says, E.E. E. Cobblesmith. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, circus performer and magician. Nice to meet you. I'm from Jarsum. I come from all over. Interesting. It's good to meet you. Not exactly under these circumstances, but uh, while we're waiting, pick a card. He pulls out a deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's go back to Thoru. So that's, did I say it right? Yes. Thoru. Okay. So Thoru, what are you heading to now? So would I have been in earshot of the little man and uh, Rothol? Absolutely. So that intrigues my attention. I sort of decide to come back to uh, to the, the Red Martians later and try to strike up a conversation with them. They don't seem very interested or observant, so I turn around and, and approach. Right. They're a little stunned, although there is one particular Red Martian who's coming up to you and she has her sword out, and she says, Who did this to us? It certainly was not I, but it is great to meet you. She sort of looks at you, kind of frowning, not sure what to take of you. She bows lightly. Ladros Dal, I apologize. I don't enjoy being deposited on the Martian soil such. I was supposed to make sure that the handmaidens made it to Jahar. And then she turns her head and spits on the sand when she mentions Jahar. <laughs> Well, you might consider yourself lucky your guts are not spilling out of your stomach. Yes, I suppose that is one of the few benefits that we have of this particular landing. But we still have to find out what happened. Oh yes, I'm sure we will. Let us take note of the survivors and we might 
gain some answers from who is dead and who is not. Very well, she says. She puts her sword back in and uh, rubs her shoulder. It's just slightly bruised. There's nothing really bad about that, but she's obviously in a foul mood. Moving off to our Okar friend, he also notices as he digs in and grabs the headset, another red soldier, an officer of some sort, just coming up beside him and saying, is it still functional? I don't know. I, I have to check it first. And you can still hear it sort of crackling. The, the names are coming in and out. And he just sort of says to you, Daros Moore, this is from the Royal Guard of Jahar. This is ridiculous. We need to be able to find out who did the attack and get a hold of Jahar and get us out of here as quickly as possible. The name's Alira. Good to meet you. I, I'm going to check this thing and see if it's in working order. I can hear some crackles, but... Yes, you can get a hold of it and grab it. You can utilize the proper switches to be able to talk back and forth. They're still continuing this sort of constant, is there anyone out there? Is there anyone out there? This is Jahar Central calling, the Sun Wing. Is there anyone out there? I press the button to talk or... Yep. Uh, come in, C- come in. We're we're here. We've crash landed over. Thank Isis. So who, who am I speaking to? Is this the captain? No, my name is Alira. I was a passenger. I just happened to dig out the radio. I heard, I could hear it under the sand. I wanted to contact you. We've been taken down by some enemy force, but we don't know what it is. Are you with the handmaidens? I don't know. Can I ask this guy next to me about the handmaidens? Absolutely. And Daras Moore. Daras Moore, they're, a- they're asking about handmaidens. Do you know anything about handmaidens? He shakes his head and frowns. They're not here. They're with the other part of the ship. He says they're not here. They're with the other part of the ship. There was a long pause from the crackle on the other side. And then you hear, Nothing! Nothing is more important than rescuing the seven maidens of Jahar. Do you understand? There are royal handmaidens of the princess of Jahar, and their safety is vital to the integrity of Jahar's survival. I understand. We'll see if we can find them. Daryl Moore taps you on the shoulder and says, ask them if they know where the Pride Wind is. Do you know where the Pride Wind is? We've received communication from the Pride Wind. The Pride Wind, you recognize, is the accompanying airship that came with you. You didn't go just on, on your own. They were attacked as well. They were able to drive back the massive gunship that attacked them. And they witnessed the soft crash of the Sunwing, where we thought you were. But you must be in a different part. It's beyond a curtain of mountains. From the looks of where you are, based upon the signal, it's at least a day or two travel through the desert. I copy that. Where do we need to go to meet up with you? We're at Jahar Central. The Pride Wind are doing repairs. They've got some troubles because where they could land was south of where the crash site is of the Sunwing. And... Right now, what's making it even worse is the sandstorms coming up from the south. They can't take off with their engines in this state of disrepair without knowing specifically where the handmaidens are. But from what we can tell, and from what Pridewin was able to transmit to us, is there may be a couple of different paths that you can take to get to them first. Okay, do you know what those are? So as you're saying this... The officer, Daros Moore, pulls out a parchment Mm -hmm. and starts trying to make a little bit of notes and sort of points it towards you and hands you something to write with so that you can maybe scratch some kind of map, what they suggested. Okay. He describes to you that where you've landed 
to the east, you're almost in like a bit of a V shape of a valley. And to the east, there's this curtain of mountains. But you could, if you went sort of south along the very narrow part of the V, that's where you could go around and catch up with the pride wind. The problem is, is that the sandstorm is coming. You may not survive if you go that way. Mm -hmm. If you go straight east through the mountains, you're hoping that you can find a path through them of some sort. If you go northeast and try to skirt the mountains, A, you may not get there in time, but it's also the hottest part of the desert. And eventually the sandstorm could eventually come there as well. You're taking a chance whichever direction you want to take. What they don't recommend is you go west. Okay. Not only because the handmaidens aren't that way, but there's a horde of green Martians coming your direction. They saw the battle and they're coming from the west and they're riding thoats. Sort of the horses are the mm -hmm. mounts of lizardly like mounts. And they're coming hard and they're not any kind of green Martians you ever want to come across. They're called the Kazintha. Most green Martians would never admit that they're part of the same species. The Kazintha are the only Martians that are cannibals. Oh. Which is kind of interesting because they can't even digest meat. So they just eat it. Their concept, and you know of this, I'm not just uh, feeding you extra information. You've heard of the Kazintha because they're like legendary. But they eat their enemies to absorb their power. Oh. And then they throw it up afterwards. Uh -huh. So they don't even get much nutrients from it whatsoever. Hardcore. Yeah, hardcore. hardcore, yeah. That's exactly right. Just like Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jack? Yeah. While I was having to play uh, card games with this guy, mm -hmm. I'm hoping to be able to be listening to things around me because we're in the middle of a crisis and why the hell am I, you know, playing the stupid card game. Can I make sure. a reason and cunning check to sort of try and listen to things? Because if I can hear what the conversation that was going on between Alira and person on the other side of the radio, right. I would want to excuse myself and, and pay attention to that. Yeah. And I will back up for you for that too, because this is a okay, longer cool. portion. I just didn't want to split it up into too many pieces. Meanwhile, while this conversation is starting, We'll go back to you kind of thing to get people sounds together. Good. Does that sound fair? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. I just didn't want to throw something at you later on that you weren't prepared for. Absolutely. Because just because he says, want to pick a card, doesn't mean you said yes. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just wanted to leave it at that particular moment because it was funny. And same with Tanya's character, Theru. So we'll do that as well. Okay. I just, you know, it's a bit of a information dump, but they need to tell you right away before the battery on the radio dies and it is threatening so i will go back to lothar's character then too so what do you want to say you know I, I think we might have some more important things to do but i would love to to see what you do later when we're not in a life and death situation there was something going on with the radio that i think we should probably pay attention to he looks a little disappointed and he always read martians never have a sense of humor he just puts his deck back in his pocket all right let's go and so he, he sort of uh, starts to bound. Strangely enough, this you know this diminutive man is jumping 20 feet in the air at a time and makes his way very quickly over to where the group of people are getting together and listening to the radio. You can join up as well. By the time you get there, not much has occurred beyond the fact that you heard that it's really important that the handmaidens are protected and the handmaidens are found. Gotcha. After that, you heard everything that came after. Right on. Same thing with Tanya's character, Toru. What did you want to do? So because my attention had initially fallen on the card game, or rather the mm -hmm. attempted card game, which failed, and I had right. been speaking with the other red Martian, the sword, I had 
yes. Uh, did she leave or is she still in the vicinity? No, she's in the vicinity. She's walking with you. Again, she doesn't necessarily trust you, but she also knows you're not a threat at this time. She's following you to see what we can do next. Okay. So I approach uh, the, the little man and attempt to talk to him as we join up with the with the other group of people listening to the radio. The little man actually bounces like literally over your head at one point. <laughs> and you're quite tall. You're like 11, 12 feet tall. And he's just like, zoom. <laughs> I'm amused. So it's, it's, it is rather amusing kind of thing. Being a circus performer, he doesn't just jump in the air. He also does flips. He's very comfortable jumping around on Mars at this point, so... Ladros doll picks up the pace and tries to follow you and get to the pilot's nest to find out what's going on. You also notice that there are almost a half a dozen other guardsmen of various different sort of Martians that are slowly starting to gather around the radio aerogram as well and the noise that are going on. Okay, so back to, uh, first of all, Lothar, did Ratul want to say anything specifically uh, to Alira, uh, Alara, sorry, or Daros Moore or... or to the people, whatever. Especially to Alira, I'll just sort of like nod and, and you know, sort of indicate that I'm listening along and, you know, so once the conversation of the radio is done, we can maybe, you know, discuss what to do after that. So I returned that nod on the radio. Can I just ask, can you confirm the direction of the handmaidens again? The handmaidens have landed on the other side of the mountains to the east. To the east. I just wanted to confirm that. Yes. If you can find a beacon flare gun of some sort if you find the handmaidens and secure them safely the the pride wind promises that no matter the state of their engines if they see the flares they will go through the sandstorm if necessary to pick you up because at least they'll know where you are okay so if you have that ability to be able to only fire it when you have the handmaidens because we may only have one shot at this all right affirmative is there anything else that we can do we can promise you, of course, if you are from Jahar, you know the importance of this. If you're not, I have the authority to promise a prince's ransom for the safe return of all the handmaidens. Well, we'll do our best. I am not from Jahar, but we'll do our best to uh, to return them to you. This is speed, Sunwing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only I'll... goddess that there is. Uh, <laughs> so, anything else you want to say before he signs out? I make sure I relay all that information. Yeah, well, I was going to... Look at Ratul because he had made eye contact with me. Brother, we must rescue the handmaidens who are to the east over the mountains. Yes, I think that's incredibly important and uh, possibly lucrative too. So, um, you know, it's a win-win. I like it. Yes. And we need to get the hell out of here. Yes, we do. We need to we need to try and look for a beacon or a flare gun. And then it seems like the best way is to head east. Uh, we've got some uh, green Martians coming from the west, we've been told. So we need to move. Is a... Uh... And I look over at... Is Thoreau around as well, or is she out of earshot? Yeah, she's there. Yeah, so I'm, I'm okay. listening, and I heard money, and I was like, ooh, what is this? <laughs> money? Nice to meet you both. My name is Ratul, and uh, Ratul Tunak. I think uh, we should also be, while looking for that flare gun, maybe uh, look for a little water before we head on out. One of the royal advisors, or it looks like he's wearing the cape of the royal advisor, the one you were seeing before, he's come up and, and had overheard what you said, and he said... Well said, friends. You know, it looks like we're in a bit of a mutual problem right now. My name is Arlo Hap, and I just want to be able to tell you that most people who are in a mutual problem enjoy the Mutual Audio Network. That's an opportunity (laughs) where people who love stuff can get together. 
Do you ever have a mutual network of your own? Yes, it's where we it's where we kill enemies and uh, bathe in their blood together. Yes. <laughs> Bathing in the blood is a fun thing for a lot well of brethren to do. But I can tell you that with the mutual audio network, you can do that without getting blood on your hands. Regardless of that, we have a mutual thing that we can do right now. And as you said, probably go out and find some water and some food and other things that we can enjoy listening to the mutual audio network later. Sounds good. I always love to listen to the Mutual Audio Network. <laughs> so, Jack, this is your way of getting us to give you more money so that we're paying for the uh, product placement that you've just provided, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if you caught the name of him. Is Arlo Hap. Um, there's there's Arlo and, and Hap that uh, sell Autolite in, <laughs> yes. in the old-time yes, radio Yes, I, I do series. remember that. Yes. So, <laughs> anyway, or is it Harlow? It's Harlow. It's Harlow, that's right, not Arlo. Anyway, yeah. So I thought I, I thought you had to have the odds, you know. We've got to throw nice. some some commercials in in between. We've got to pay for this stuff. That's right. <laughs> He's there, and then there's about, like I said, about four or five other guardsmen that are around looking for stuff. So Ladros Dahl just pushes her way in and says, okay, this is what we're going to do. You go over in that direction and do all the searching that you can. You can go into the northern side of things. She just, like, points and starts telling people what to do. I look over at Lothar. I mean, at, oh, I'm sorry. Ratul and uh, Thoreau say, who the hell does this person think she is bossing us around? Is she ordering us or just ordering other people right now? Everybody. She's taking control Everybody. as far as she's concerned. So she's I look, my name is Ladros Dahl and I'm a soldier from Janath. And it's my responsibility as much as anyone else's to make sure these handmaidens get to Jahar. And if they're not there, we have to go and find them. And it's no use us sitting around waiting, wondering what we're going to do. So we have to have a leader. It might as well be me. I shrug. If she wants the job, she can have it. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to find water and we need to find that flare gun. If she is leader, what weapons does she have to qualify her? Well, that's a good one. Uh, she has a long sword and a sharp tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I will be more than willing to put her in the front lines. It will be entertaining to watch her die. <laughs> nice. All right. So she crosses her arms. She's not happy with the people that she's left with, not happy with the situation that she's been put in. She starts walking to the south of the wreckage to start looking for stuff. Is anybody looking in any particular area? You've got the wreckage sort of right in front of you, but you've got shards of various different elements of wreckage on all sections, north, south, east, and west. I'll look up where I am at around the uh, pilot area. There's a bunch of dead bodies as well, too, so they're littered all over the desert as well. Probably about a dozen of those. Okay. If you start looking around. You start looking around in the cockpit area. Yep. Do you want to roll two die 20? Yes. And give me what your result. What are we going to use to do some searching here? I don't know. Cunning reason? Cunning sound? and reason. Again, sounds good to me. All right. So that would be seven and reason and five and cunning. And I got a, a five so and an 11. Okay. So you got three successes. Oh. So that's <laughs> excellent. That's a really good search. So you have discovered one of the bodies of the, actually the pilot himself. And because you got the third success, you found in sort of like a little compartment. I want to say glove compartment, but it's not. <laughs> actually, you found the flare gun that they're talking okay, about. Okay, great. So that's like good. 
And there's six flares that come with it as well. So you might want to write yep. that down Got it. per se. I'm a serious note taker here. So Also, there is a pistol on him with at least a clip of uh, ammo. Okay, I'll take that. And there's a dagger, okay. but there's no other weapons other than that. Oh, there is a small jar of ointment, which is used for healing. All right, I'll take that. It's only good for one application, that small jar of it kind of thing. Okay. But that's it. This is part of the fuselage, right? This cockpit section. There's still a large chunk of that that you could go through okay. or somebody could go through and try to search for other elements. All right. Cool. Anyone else? Who's next? I'd like to search for anything that looks like uh, food, water, anything like that. Is there something obvious that I would know? Or should I make like a reason cunning to sort of like uh, that section looks like the good one to check? You could check in the fuselage area because I mean, what, what's left of that section because that's the least scattered, right? Sure. So it'd be easier to search that. If you wanted to do a more uh, comprehensive search in a particular direction, just sort of scanning things around, you could do that as well and see if you can see anything sort of sticking out of the desert. It's up to you. I think we need to move fast. So I think just going for whatever looks like it might be, you know, that fuselage, that might also be where I have no idea about uh, airships, but I assume that if they do give out uh, refreshments or have supplies, it'd be the sort of area where the crew would be able to get to. Right. So I'll search there. All right. Uh, roll to die. And okay. the same thing. What is your uh, reason? Reason is five. Cunning is six. Cunning is six. Cool. I rolled a five and an 18. Wow. Okay. So, well, wow for the five. Yeah. <laughs> That's two. Two successes. You have found several days worth of rations, six days worth of rations. Great. But this is six days for one person. Well. You know, that's not enough for your entire crew right now, but at least it's some, right? Yep. It looks like to the area that was there, it looks like that was torn apart. So there could be more on the desert floor in that area, but that was what was still gathered in, in the section where they would have kept rations. Oh, and you also find four days worth of water per person. Nice. I'll start collecting that. It's a good uh, beginning, and maybe we'll find something else later or be able to hunt or something. Ooh, you also found one more thing, too. Mm. You found a medical bag. Oh, nice. Which is really good. It's like a small jar, but for four doses of healing salve. Right on. No weapons in this particular section. The rest of the guardsmen are just sort of milling around themselves. E.E., Ernest Eugene Cobblesmith, he's searching around, like, chucking stuff out of the, the desert, and uh, you hear him, like, wow, this is cool, kind of thing, like finding different things as well. And you see him like, look, he's found himself field glasses. And then out of that, let's go back to Tanya's character. Where are you searching? So I want to do a couple of different things if possible. I want to talk to the little man first. Sure. And then search. Okay. Good day. I noticed. As soon as you come up to him, the first thing he says is, whoa, you're a big one. Thank you. You're a small one. <laughs> Thank you so, for noticing. I noticed your your card trick uh, you were about to do. I am curious, how fast can you run? I noticed your jumping is impressive. I haven't really timed myself or seen exactly, but I, I can go off on a pretty good clip. I can outrun a thoat when I need to. How about you? I am agile for my height, as you mentioned. I'll tell you what, I plan to make a lot of money, and having some friends is useful. You stick with me, do what I suggest you do, and I will make sure you get a generous cut. And I will ensure that you get plenty of business and that everyone approves of your entertainment style. I understand you are a magician and a circus performer. That is my humble beginnings, and he does a, a bit of a bow. I generally don't normally join things, but you're an interesting green being, 
And uh, I, I think they'll give that a shot. I mean, he looks around and gives a sweep to the landscape. It's not like I'm just overwhelmed <laughs> with other offers right now anyway. A little smoke going off in the distance. I think it'll be fun. Good. Well, your first task is to find food and water as much as you can and collect it. I suggest searching the dead bodies and around the plain. I, on the other hand, believe I will focus on weapon search. And there are some very interesting discarded weapons around here. You make sure we have enough food and water for our company, and the rest may worry about themselves. Sounds great. So he starts bouncing around looking for stuff. Uh, he can actually, when he gets up in these high bounces, he's like giving an aerial view of almost of, of the area. And uh, he starts to collect a bunch of stuff. You'll notice that there's you know several bodies in around you that you can be able to start scanning or, or going through and checking to see for weapons yourself. Yep, I, I can do the cunning. Am I, is it good if I pair daring and cunning? Daring and cunning, that would be interesting. So why would you choose daring? Because I, I was thinking of searching uh, some of the guards that, that are dead or that are unconscious and haven't woken up yet. They might have some of the better weapons. Right, so you're trying to do it a bit on the sly so that people necessarily know that same way. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That sounds good. So what's your daring and cunning scores together? Uh, So that would be 13. So anything below that? Let's see. And which one's your lowest so I one, have too? A Oh, uh, my lowest is cunning, cunning, and that's a five. Okay, cool. And you rolled two die 20? I got a three and a 15. Cool. Okay, so you got two successes, which is fine. And again, you were able to find a couple of things that you're looking specifically for weapons. You uh, are go through about three different bodies. Two of them are piled on top of each other. Yummy. And both of them had rifles, complete with full clips, and swords, longsword tends to be the standard of what they have. Uh, and uh, they also have a day's worth of rations and a day's worth of water each. And then the third person has, strangely enough, a longbow with a quiver of arrows. Oh, silent. Yep. Uh, so there's a quiver of arrows and the longbow and a knife on them, but uh, no food or water in that particular person. Okay, so I'll take the longbow and the arrows from the third body. Right. And from the other two bodies, I'll take the two days worth of rations and water. Cool. And I'll I'll take both rifles because I plan to give one to someone else that I trust. Cool. And I already have a sword, so I have no need for a sword. If the knife is small enough, I might take that as well. Yeah, that's great. Remember, you have four the arms. The knife would be perfect for the, the little man. So. Oh, that'd be great. And make sure you guys keep a list for each of the stuff that you pick up because I'm, I'm not writing those down per se. I just... Whatever you guys pick up from what I tell you is totally up to you. That's great. Got it. Okay, so Daros Moore has found, strangely enough, he brings it over to our ochre gentleman. He brings us over to Lyra and says, uh, this might be useful. And you see it's a little chronometer. And he also has another medical bag slung over his shoulder. And you notice that oh. he's uh, also got a rifle yes. on his other shoulder too. So what do you want to search at this point? I'll continue to search in the cabin area, some food and water and, and maybe weapons, whatever I can come up with. So I'll use the same thing, um, the the daring and reason. All right. It's actually on the other side of the cockpit is more of a cargo area because the cabin area was just behind, which is where Ratul was checking specifically. So if you go through like the broken bits of the cockpit, you can actually go into 
uh, what's left of uh, a portion of cargo that they kept down there. Is that good? Okay, so I'll search there. I'm only mentioning because it's the closest thing for you kind of thing. So. Yeah, that would be great. So it's, uh, what was I using? Reason and... Yeah, reason and cunning. Reason and cunning yeah. I was using. So five and seven. And I got a three and a 17. Okay, another two. So that's cool. So you actually noticed that, you know, it was torn away in the whole bit, but you actually find a bunch more dried uh, rations. So how many did you uh, find, uh, Lothar? How many did your character find? It was uh, six days worth. Six days worth. Okay, so add another 10 days onto that. So 10, 10 days per person. And then you had just a couple of days of water. Add another seven yep. onto that for the water as well that were found okay. in the cargo area by Alira. So also, Alira also ends up finding a rifle sight that was broken off on one of the rifles. A sight? Kind of, rifle sight? Yeah, rifle sight. So you can do long distance shooting. Okay, cool. It can snap on any of the rifles that you have kind of thing. So I should also note that in my equipment, I have a telescope and a locket that when opened emits light. Okay. Nice. Cool. Very cool. And a sword. Nice. And I'm wearing a harness. A sword which, when pushed into something, also opens and emits light. (laughs) 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 It's it's the dark part of my humor coming out. Sorry about that. (laughs) You should be a green Martian. I should, shouldn't I? There you go. All right. From everybody else that is coming together, the rest of the guardsmen and Arlo, they can come up together with yet another sight rifle, so two uh, sights for rifles, another pair of field glasses, just like EE found, and another medical bag. So you got three medical bags, and somebody else found another small jar of healing salve. So you have three medical bags, two small jars of healing salve, one chronometer, two field glasses, two sights for rifles, the beacon flare gun, and from everything that you've got, uh, weapons-wise, there are three steady spears, about a dozen long swords, four small sharp rapiers, another longbow with more arrows, a uh, total of three rifles, four pistols. None of them have radium bullets on them. Sorry about that. And <laughs> radium bullets are a lot of fun because they explode in daylight. Nice. Oh. So they're exploding ammo, but n- none of that you guys have. And I think that's about all that you guys were able to get together of food rations. I think you have up to about 20 days worth of food rations and 12 days mm-hmm. worth of water. So these are all like per person kind of things. So if one person could last 20 days of food and 12 days of water without having to ration. Okay. I'm going to grab one of the uh, spears and a rifle if it's unclaimed yet. The spear more just as like a, a pokey stick and a walking stick at the meantime, but it might come in handy as a weapon as well. Cool. Anyone else want to grab stuff? Because it's like all in the center there for you guys to decide upon kind of thing. Yeah, I'll grab a rifle and I'll put the sight on it. Okay. Except for the stuff that you had, you didn't add that to the pile specifically unless you decide to do that through. No, I didn't. I had it in my pocket. Yeah, okay. I would like to give the small knife to the circus performer. Okay. So that he has a weapon since he doesn't have one. And also want to clarify what he found as well. Cool. He found one of the pistols that they had found. There were four pistols. And it also, like I said, he'd found one of the field glasses, which is very like the telescope kind of thing for being able to see. Both the telescope and field glass 
actually gives you one momentum for far seeing. So it means that if you have to roll a far seeing check, you start off with two dice, but because of the field glasses or the telescope, you get an extra a third dice. So in that case, I want to pick up a pistol and make sure that he also has a pistol. He says, thank you very much. And he starts pocketing it into his belt, <laughs> which is not exactly comfortable to walk with for a while, but he's got nothing else at this point. So. Hmm. Do I have time to search the bodies for like a bag or something for him to hold it in? Sure. There are a couple of like little packs, but there's very few pockets on a lot of these things. He's one of the few people who actually is wearing full clothes. Being from Jarsum, he wears, you know, actual pants and stuff like that, as opposed to the, the typical harness stuff that you guys wear. Can I make a, a cunning and reason roll to give him a suggestion? Because I see him fumbling about and looking silly. Yes, of course. Okay. Okay, I made it with a five and a 16. Eh, at least the fives are liking me. Um, yep. I, I suggest he put it behind his belt, it, like the small of his back. It's a lot more comfortable that way, and you can also draw it fairly easily. Sure. So he does so, and he says, Whoo, that's cold. <laughs> 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 anyway, so uh, this whole sort of process has taken about mm, an hour, an hour and a half to go through. And if you start looking at the site, in fact, he's pulling out his glasses and his, his field glasses, and he's looking in all directions. And you see him sort of hesitate, staring out at the south. And you can see it looks kind of like hazy far out by the horizon. The south side. I think we need to get the heck out of here. Yes, I was just <laughs> going to suggest that. I would suggest we find as many packs as possible to carry these items, and so our food and water don't get spoiled and evaporate in the heat. Good idea. You can find up to, I think it's like five. Yeah, let me roll again just to make sure I get this right. Nope, six. Six packs that you could utilize, sort of rucksacks kind of things that you could hook onto your harnesses or wear on your shoulders either way. Let's do so and move on. Yeah. Cool. Let's get moving. Yeah. So, Darius Moore takes yep. one. I'll definitely take one. Ladris I'll Dahl take takes one. one. Okay, cool. And so the three of you take one. And uh, so that's five. Does anybody else want anyone else to have it? Uh, the Red Martian? I forget her name. With the sword. Yeah. She took one. Ladris Dahl, she took one. Yeah, she took one. Oh, okay. Ladris Dahl and Darius Moore took the one, so... I suppose E.E. could take one and just cinch it up real tight. Yeah. So he grabs one and sticks it on his back as well. And uh, he says, I haven't gone for a good long walk in a long time. <laughs> and then he starts jumping instead of walking. <laughs> so <laughs> bouncing around. You almost like you feel like like carrying him like a balloon because he just flies around. He's, everywhere. He's going to get so. shot someday. Just flying through the air and something. Like, what the hell? And, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Now the question is, Ladros Dahl sort of wipes hair from her eyes and says, so which direction? I think we should go east. It seems to make the most sense. Through the mountains? There's, there's green Martians coming from the west. Yes. This is the information I got was there's green Martians coming from the west. South we could go around, but it's a question whether we could get there in time. And the northeast is not that good because it's too hot. So it seems to me that the uh, most sensible thing to do is go east. But I let the group make that decision. I'm not in charge. Question for you, Jack. Mm -hmm. As a beastmaster, do I have any sort of insight into terrain or anything from having to deal with animals or riding animals? Is there anything that would help give more nuance to what Alira was saying? Of saying, yes, I agree with Alira, and I want to do like a and and give more detail to s strengthen the suggestion. 
I will give you a roll, but on top of that, have you picked like what beast is your specialty? Uh, what is the, I always forget the name of it, the the, the big sort of like dog-like thing that was in the first John Carter that you became like really good friends with? Woola. Yeah, Woola, yeah, whatever. That's the name of the dog. Yeah. Callets. Okay, yeah. Martian hounds. Yep, that's my specialty. Callets naturally can be found on the steppes and stuff like that, so they might be more found if you go like straight north or around the northeastern route. So from what you know of callets, they're almost impervious to heat Mm -hmm. in the same way. They drink like camels, and so they're going to be fine in the heat. If you go north that way, you may not, and it may take you longer to get around the actual mountains. The other aspect, though, too, is, again, you're just hoping there's going to be an opening in the mountains that you guys can get through, because climbing the mountains itself is going to be a very difficult process as well. All of these, like I said, there's no good solution in any one of these. It's just by guess or by golly from what you can do, and I guess... You can maybe get some clues based upon trying to scan ahead through the telescopes and, and field glasses. North is no good. It's going to be too hot. and It'll be really hard to go around, and it, we won't get any closer to our goal that way. Obviously, the south, we have uh, enemies coming, and the west is directly away, so east. Anything you want to say towards that, Thoreau? I would suggest we go south. The cannibals coming from the west are dumb, and they cannot follow tracks, which will be lost quickly in the sands. They tend to follow one direction without deviating since it is the simplest and most direct route toward their enemies, and they will assume that we will go east. Well, I would just say that the problem with going south is that they told us we may not make it in time to find the handmaiden. If we do not make it in time, it is because we are slowed down by our group, and I'm sure we will lose many along the way. And it's southeast, to be fair, not just directly south. So it would be northeast, southeast, and east. Gotcha. Ah, I say we go southeast. This is the safest option, and we must lose as many as possible to thin out our group as soon as possible. What does our fearless leader look like she's uh, leading towards? She's got her arms crossed, looking back and forth at you guys, complaining, and just goes, and just starts walking east. (laughs) She doesn't even know if it's the right way east or whatever. She starts walking and assuming that you guys are going to join her at this point. Kind of thing. All right, I start going east. Yeah, I shrug and do the same. Meanwhile, EE e. is bouncing in circles around you guys, wondering, <laughs> when are we going, guys? When are we going? <laughs> kind of thing. It's just from one place to another to the other. And the guardsmen all uh, just follow the crowd. And Arlo stops, looks, strangely enough, into nowhere and starts talking about John Carter, the audio drama series. <laughs> and then follows you afterwards after that. I shrug and look toward the east and say, well, the cannibals will get you first. All right, let's I, go. I do whatever the Martian version of the little, like, uh, circling around the head to, me- to indicate that someone is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Honestly, I think that's a good place to stop right now because that's just, like, cool. like the first scene right that on. we got through, which is great. Cool. So really? It wow. could go longer, wow. it could go shorter, but I think that's a little earlier than, than nice. normal, but I think yeah. that's a good spot to stop. Right on. And uh, we can pick it up after, like, almost a day's worth of travel through the night. Because it is starting to turn into night. We've got a couple of hours left before the sun sets. Cool. Well, then stay tuned, true believers, for part two. Thank you so much for joining us this time. Jeff Billard playing Alira. Thank you, Jack, and Lothar and Tanya. That was a lot of fun. Tanya Malevich playing Thoru. That was so much fun. Thank you for having me, even though I have no idea what I'm doing. But it's fun. I love it. 
And Lothar Tuppen playing Ratul. Ratul. Just think of like it's a rat hole. It's a rat hole. You know, that's all. Ratul. I'm trying just to roll the R as well. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a blast. I've gamed and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Same thing for me. And this is Jack Jedek of Dungeon Masters signing off until next time. Bye, everyone. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. This is the Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.